0: Yo, yo, this is episode 102 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, Brett CH, or Happy Shilmore, or CH, or whoever. Fuck, we haven't recorded in so long. I forget who I'm supposed to be anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, who even am I? Yeah, who even? Yeah, if nobody's listening. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, episode 102, here we are. It's been a wild morning already. It's, uh, it's Saturday, December 20th. Sunday. Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, it's Sunday. Sunday, December 20th. Um, we're losing track of time Christmas now. Christmas is right around the Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what a week, dude. Since the last time we recorded, I don't think we had broken all-time highs No, we recorded. Yeah. We were like 19K. We we like...
1: Yeah, we were, we yeah, were right so there, but enough. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we were... I remember when we were recording, I was like, man, like it's going to take a couple more months. Like, we're going to... Go sideways, and then it was probably the next day or something. We pumped, I forget. Actually, it was on uh, the sixteenth, I think, because it was almost three years to the day of the Bitcoin uh, top. Bitcoin topping, and you know, breaking back above twenty thousand. But dude, how have you been, man? What a wild week, huh?
1: I'm doing good. This is just it's interesting times, and this I I'm a candlestick guy. I'm looking price action, and like in six hours or whatever this candlestick closes. And it's a t- almost a 25% candlesticks in the two-week. So I can only imagine that the last two-week candle close closes here into January is going to just be ridiculous, like another 25%, which is probably going to put us in the high 28, you know, probably 28 to 30,000. And I'm not here to, like, say, hey, go buy Bitcoin or not, because, like, we could go touch 30,000, and then we could go trade 20K again, and then we could go trade 45, you know. Um, I'm not here to... This, again, none of this is ever investment advice from us, I'm a terrible investor, and so (laughs) I just don't take any of this. But like, just the way this is, this looks like it's going to close. I we're going to probably see 30k by like January second or third. No, I I I, I hate to. I'm just looking at like, look at okay. Since that August, that late August bottom, whatever it was, like just below 10k, we have just steadily marched. It's been there's been a few like somewhat violent pullbacks, but it's literally just been marching.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's when sailor started buying, honestly, you had big whales <clears throat> start coming in normal dudes who are just buying a shitload of Bitcoin. When was Druckenmiller buying? When was Paul Tudor Jones buying? When was Bill Miller buying all the money that's gone into GBTC this whole time? You know, like, uh, I I get I get why the the price I didn't expect it at all. I'll never forget. I was in San Diego the entire month of October and we were just straight chilling at ten thousand the whole time and my buddy and I are <laughs> having discussions like, man, like I don't know, maybe a little bit more sideways, maybe seven K, load up one more time and then cross your fingers and pray for the moon. And it, it took off right at the end of October as I was leaving. You can see it right there. Yeah. yeah. October twentieth, boom. It just started taking off. And and that that was it. And it's hard because you that whole time it goes to 11, it goes to 12, it goes to 13. And you're like, all right, I'm going to wait for the pullback, wait for the pullback, wait for the pullback. Now we're at 20, we hit 24. There was basically no pullback. And uh, like you, you almost don't get that time back again. You don't know what price you might never see again, which is, that's what people get anxious about, right? It's like, oh, I had all this cash on the sidelines. Like I didn't, I thought I had more time. Dude, even me, the most bullish person I know, I thought I had more time <laughs> and like, I look at this shit 24 seven and yeah. I still like, you, you expect the unexpected always. And I think when people throw out crazy numbers, it's like, oh man, there's still two weeks left in the year. My coworker was telling me when it broke 20,000, he's like, dude, I, I hope it hits 25,000 by next summer. And I was like, I was like, dude, I was like, it might hit 25,000 next weekend. <laughs> like, I don't think you get how quick this thing moves when it starts going. But the the my so when I hear something like, "Oh yeah, it could go up another twenty percent in two weeks," you know what? It almost makes sense because I think everyone was expecting this really hard pullback from twenty thousand. Like, just really like it would, and it didn't, and it didn't happen. So now it's like, you know what? I mean, Maybe expect the exact opposite.
1: We did, there was a pullback at like, I think like 19.4 when we initially tested and we went down like 10% or whatever, you know, to 16.3, but it was very brief. And I
0: think that was in like an hour or two. That was like fast.
1: Yeah, yeah it was a couple, it was, well, basically played out over a day and a half. But I mean, it's, yeah. it wasn't, again, that's not a long time. That really isn't that long of a time. Um, and like, again, it's, there's a good term and this really applies to Bitcoin, but it can apply to any um, you know, financial instrument you traded slowly then all of a sudden. And like I think a perfect example was like, you know, back the summer with silver, where silver just kinda of was marching along and then it went fifty percent in two weeks, you know? It's slowly then right. all of a sudden. And it's the same thing that's happened here since October with Bitcoin. It was like, you know, it was like, okay, we're, you know, we went back to 10K and it was kind of slowly marching and then we just broke 14K and it just, it obviously you can see looking at these two candlesticks here, it's just been green. I mean, nothing but green, you know, and I don't see this momentum stopping anytime soon. And maybe I'm wrong, but like someone was joking about it, but it's kind of true. You basically have the Michael Saylor plunge protection team, like right below, right. you know, bidding, you know, there's... And I don't have the, um, I think it's called book map, correct me if I'm wrong. You know what I'm talking about where it shows like where people's um, bids are at and stuff like that and ask. You know what I'm talking about in the charts? Some people have that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I don't. Okay, let's see. It might be called book map or whatever. I have to look it up now. But it's. I know it's a fairly expensive product. It basically shows you where, you know, the bid and ask on, you know, charts are, you know, size. But it, it basically shows you where, Yes, this is it. So a trading platform that displays market liquidity. That's what it is. And as you can see it, it, it you wouldn't understand it. If you, it's like tough to understand but basically like those heavier red spots or whatever on that shows you where there are asks and where there are bids and whatever. So liquidity basically you're like, okay. And obviously if you're a large, people understand about trading, like if you're trading, small size, like slippage and fees isn't a huge deal, but like as your position size grows, slippage and fees become a huge part of trading. Um and that's why like there's very few successful large day traders because there's like when you're day trading you're you're just looking at smaller moves and there's just so much that you have to account for. So that's why when the, the successful people out there that I know that traders are swing traders or positional traders, you know, that you, you you deal with less fees and less um slippage and stuff like that where it really counts. Right. But uh should we pop into this Elon Musk meme? Yeah, for sure. So Elon Musk basically hosted this meeting with the girl showing her cooter to Jesus, and Jesus—it's basically me, Jesus, me trying to live a normal, productive life, and on this girl's butt is Bitcoin. Uh, and Michael Saylor commented, "If you want to do your shareholders a hundred billion-dollar favor, convert the Tesla balance sheet from USD to Bitcoin. The other firms on the S&P 500 would follow your lead, and in time, it would grow to become a one-trillion-dollar favor." And then Elon Musk proceeds to reply, "Are such large transactions even possible?" Yes, I have purchased. And then Michael Saylor goes, "Yes, I have purchased over 1.3 billion in Bitcoin in the past months, and would be happy to share my playbook with you offline, from one rocket scientist to another." So, yeah, this is a. Uh, Jeez, <laughs> I don't know.
0: It's a lot. What do you think about that, dude? I. So you know how I feel about Tesla i think I yeah
1: think no it, I, I mean that this, part i understand when you look at this this isn't sustainable the only reason they're they're considered a profitable company in the s&p 500 is because they sell ev credits which are electric i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure it's electric vehicle credits and basically they sell these credits to like fca which is via chrysler ford and gm because they don't ford fca and gm don't sell enough ev credits so they buy those credits so the government you know and that's how Tesla becomes profitable. You know, there are a bunch of accounting hurdles. Dude, Tesla is a $658 billion market cap. It is larger than every other auto maker combined, and they sell less than 1% of the vehicles globally. You know, like, at yeah. some point, like, I get it, we're printing money, and there's just free money everywhere, and interest rates are zero. But at some point, reality is going to come back to Tesla. And I think Tesla getting put in the S&P 500 is a perfect kind of omen. You know, it might take a couple more weeks, might take a few more months. But I think when, you know, in hindsight, whether, you know, a year, a decade from now, we will look back and be like, wow, Tesla did mark the top.
0: (laughs) It's funny. Somebody put out a really long thread about Tesla being added to the the S&P 500 being very um, analogous to other things, uh, tech stocks being added to, um, other indices kind of, I think it was from like 1996 or 1997, just as we were getting close to, you know, into the, the late nineties and the, and the dot-com bubble and stuff like that, just things being added where it didn't really make sense. And Tesla is really interesting because it's the I guess it's the best performing asset this year. Somebody just put out a tweet. It's up like 740% or something on the year um, besting out Bitcoin. Um, But yeah, it's, it's uh, the whole thing's kind of absurd, I guess. On one hand, um, you know, I kind of said the same thing about Amazon in 2012. And I sold a bunch, all my shares actually, because I said, This company doesn't make any money (laughs) and it's worth, it's 120 bucks a share. And the are it's not even that great The TV (laughs) service sucks (laughs) and they're not profitable and they'd have no plans on making money. And I sold all of them. It was a shitload of Amazon shares actually. So I was super wrong about that. (laughs) And, um, not saying Tesla is not a different story, but it's like, it's insanely vertical.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, there's like, like there's no other does, way to put it. it like, like if you were, if
0: we, esque, you know, yeah.
1: If we were to ask Peter the brand, like what your, what's your end game? Peter's the, the chart master and he, he goes between mm-hmm. like Bitcoin market, you know, traditional markets, but his rule of thumb with parabolic advances is 80% decline minimum, which is what we saw with Bitcoin and all of crypto in 2017 or basically 2017 through 2018. Was all these crypto, you know, shit coins and Bitcoin retraced over eighty percent. Some of the altcoins as much as ninety nine percent. I mean, you saw these things, you know, like Ripple go from three bucks down to probably its lowest, which was in the actually in the recent at the Corona bottom was like twelve or thirteen cents or eleven cents. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, and so I, I'm i very interested to see where this pulls back here. um you know, and granted this close here this last Friday is pretty bullish. I mean we've had three green dildos in a row I mean, and that's right. those are two week candles a my time frame um yeah you that's, know, that's insane. That's, no it is i mean it's it's marching thirteen percent twenty two sixteen i mean it's you know it's gonna it's it's gonna touch a thousand again and for those that don't know this year, Tesla had a share split because it was trading at – I can't remember what it was let's see a yeah, okay. five to one it was So it was trading above 2000.
0: Oh, yeah. It was
1: trading above 2000, and they did a share split, Um, you know, five shares for one or whatever. And uh, it's now going back to 1,000. It's going to be, I mean, for all we know, it's probably, it's only like a 2x, 2.5x from here, maybe 3x from, um, you know, it's at 700 bucks. So it just needs to go up 200%, and it'll be back at 2000. So and they're just yeah. going to maybe do another share split. I mean, it's like with Apple did and they're doing these share splits and I hate to say it and it sounds bad, but they do share splits because retail investors don't look at it from a market cap perspective, but how many shares they can get. And I like, I get it. I fell for it too, dude. When I got into crypto, I was like, oh look, Ripple, it's like trading at like fucking 20 cents. Why would I buy Bitcoin? You know what I mean? Like, even though it was like a third largest market cap or second, you know, depending on what time frame.
0: um, well, I mean, um, hmm. I feel like we talked about a lot and we should get back to the sailor exchange yeah. with uh, with Elon. But, <clears throat> you know, I thought the whole thing was fascinating because <laughs> you actually have two rocket scientists having a conversation on Twitter and we all get to watch. And I think that's actually um, pretty cool. Orford. And there's no better... Yeah, for free, right? And there's no—I think there's no better person to kind of uh, explain Bitcoin other than Michael Saylor uh, to Elon Musk, right? He can talk about how it's a closed system. Uh, He's—he'll use all the battery analogies to, you know, basically make his point about being able to store energy through time without power loss. I—I I love when he kind of gets deep into that because you can. Tell he's really thought about it because he's a fucking genius. But um <clears throat> when you just went on a, a good long talk about <laughs> Tesla's share price and everything, and uh Sailor pointed that out right to Elon and said, You want to do your shareholders a favor, buy <laughs> buy as much Bitcoin as you can, leave it on the balance sheet, and uh and you can continue the pump, right? MicroStrategy's up hundred percent for the year. I mean, it's like really taken off in the last couple months, um, you know, maybe <laughs> investors are valuing it a little bit differently now that they have a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Um, <laughs> how absurd is the micro strategy? Yeah. Again, a tech uh, company. Maybe,
1: yeah. I mean, like from a chart perspective, yeah. if you're, if you're long, they like, well, is it going excuse me, is it going to go retest the 3,400 or 3,300 3, per share high from whatever it was, 2000 probably, you know,
0: dude, that, isn't that <laughs> so? That's ten X from here, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, after um, what uh, I've
1: seen, it's totally possible, and it could happen in yeah. in a matter of weeks. I hate to say it. Just the FOMO yeah. we've seen. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's not. Um, I don't. I don't like uh, speculating on stonks all that much anymore. But <clears laughs> yeah, you can you can tell how when you see that bubble, the bubble in two thousand and one, like the dot com bubble, was so big. Like, uh, sailor was, he was like 23 years old, 24 years old, or no, he was older than that. He was like, uh, getting into his thirties then and, uh, had his company just, he's, he's tells the story about basically that part of his life was definitely very fucking challenging. Having the stock basically pushed down to nearly fucking zero and surviving. (laughs) He's like, I'm the only living tech CEO who's never been, uh, gotten kicked out of their own company he's still running that shit he's a fucking g um but yeah i mean i I think he can give the pitch to elon uh he might be on a flight to texas private to talk to elon right now (laughs) this exchange literally just happened like two hours ago um with the back and forth so I, i think sailor has a good point and if elon does it uh i don't know on one hand, I didn't think we'd see any more companies buy Bitcoin or put it on their balance sheet this year or in 2020. And we've had a life insurance company do it. <laughs> Other companies come out and say this. Uh, oh, more. Dude. So, like maybe. Dude, wait, just read. S&P 500 start buying it. I dude, don't know. Wait, just read this last part here. From this is from
1: Wikipedia. As a result of the restatement of results, the company's stock declined in value, and Sailor's net worth fell by six billion.
0: Yeah, dude, he was a billionaire twenty years ago, and then and then just became a billionaire again this yeah. year. <laughs> Man, a long time coming, dude.
1: He earned it. I'm not gonna lie; I didn't do as much research as I should have done on Sailor before, but he definitely earned it because that's that's no dude. That's no easy feat to come back from, dude. People don't understand. Have you that's, watched
0: any of his interviews?
1: You know, I I haven't, and I I, I oh, might have dude, watched some brief stuff, but like I didn't. I haven't done as much research as I should have done on him.
0: They are so good. The guy is a – he's awesome. I highly recommend to you and to anybody else who's listening, if if you have time to kill, watch these sailor interviews. It will get repetitive because you'll hear some of the same stories, but getting his, his backstory, how he built his company, um, just – he's an engineer, brilliant fucking guy, can think from first p- principles so clearly, and he can articulate – what's happening with the money and his argument basically is why he decided to buy bitcoin with all the cash on his balance sheet is he came to the conclusion that he's not bring he's not growing his company by more than 15 percent a year and then the rate of inflation for the things that you actually want is going up by 15 percent a year so if anything he's just losing money each year because he's yeah. not bringing in enough to sustain what he's losing due to inflation so He's like, hmm, went through all the things that he could buy instead to store his wealth. Ultimately comes to the conclusion, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. Somebody engineered a money. I'm an engineer. They did a pretty good job. Uh, It it looks like this might store wealth for um, tens or hundreds of years. And like that it's like really first principles stuff. Very, very logical thought process. Um, unbelievable that he actually did it <laughs> and that it's working. The guy's up, the guy's up uh, 500 million. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, no, he's doing, he's doing all right for himself. And, and now th- this whole pump, we know it was him because he, when he just tweeted Elon, he said he, he's bought $1.3 billion worth. And he's tweeted just a couple of weeks ago. He was at like, 800 billion dollars worth or the last um interview i saw him in he's like yeah i bought 800 million dollars worth so far so he's deployed another 500 million worth because he raised uh, a convertible note 650 million (laughs) uh do pay and payable in five years and he said i was gonna buy bitcoin with the whole thing and it looks like he's almost done deploying all that capital and here we are at 23.5 uh but it's a good point. Like, all right, is is nobody else gonna bid up the price anymore? Who's who's next to step in and keep buying? Uh, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, and someone, I, I kind of a good counterpoint because you know I see both sides, and you see both sides on Twitter for any kind of falling FinTwit or the crypto Twitter, and something. Bitcoin is definitely becoming one of the more crowded trades. We can't argue that at this point. Like, you know, what I mean, like with all these hedge fund managers. Like the Guggenheim guys, you know they've been positioning from, you know, sub 10,000 area or around 10,000. So, I mean, we're up 130% from that there. And what people forget is like these people, it's, they're trading notional value. So, when something goes up 130% for someone who had a $10 million position, they're most likely going to take some off the table. That's what, you know what I mean? Like versus smaller retail traders where they're looking for a 20X or something in crypto these guys, it's it's all about notional. You know, you know and like in perfect example, is sailors position. You know, your billion dollar position or whatever it is. It's something ridiculous. But um, some kind of counter was that that I wouldn't be shocked if we had some very very hard pullback that just basically makes everyone who bought from like above eighteen thousand or nineteen thousand who thinks their positions like safe underwater. And mm. I know I'm playing a little devil's ad, advocate. But it wouldn't surprise me, you know. Just I I know how this thing fucking trades. Like we like a perfect example, and I hate to bring back March last year, but like you remember, everyone thought there's no way we'll see fucking like five thousand or four thousand again. We didn't. Right. we you know, and like the snap of my fingers, I mean, we went from you know ten five from mid February. By the you know second week of March, we were trading at right. thirty five hundred, and like what, Willy Woo's fund got liquidated. Who was the dude? Um, the one guy. Yeah, Murad. Murad. dude, fucking liquidated. you know. And it's like again, yeah. poor risk management, you know. Um, and that was just the nature of like the whole world was any. And as you and I have discussed before, Bitcoin's a great indicator of liquidity. You know, like when we were in in March everything you know just liquidity dried up like that i mean the end of february and march it was just like whether you're talking about equities or crypto i mean it was just there was no bids there were no bids you know to be found and so price kept going down um and i, I know i'm playing a little more devil's advocate here but i at this point i wouldn't be surprised by some sort of pullback here but maybe i'm wrong i mean we could keep marching but there could be that um uh, that painful Cause I feel like there's, there's a, you know, I mean, look at this March. We went from basically just under 20 <laughs> to 24. <clears throat> and I know it's not percentage wise. It's not huge. It's like 20 to 25%. But or, I mean, that's big compared to, you know, but for Bitcoin, you know, we're just like, oh, twenty-five 25%. Nah, no big deal. Uh, right. Right. But, um, you know, there, there could be pain due here. I mean, and, and again, I will say this though, the, I don't know about you, but I have gotten nowhere near the amount of engagement or people hitting me up about crypto or Bitcoin as I did and when we were at, we were below these prices in twenty seventeen. It's not even yeah. close. I mean and I, I I'm sure do, you yeah. have you have more um what you have more people hitting you up, you know, you have more of a fall But it's nowhere near, dude. Nowhere near.
0: Yeah. On uh on the crypto humor page, engagement's definitely up. Um probably up almost like a thousand followers in the past couple weeks after being flat for like (laughs) two years because nobody gave a shit about bitcoin or crypto anymore um in my personal life just a few not nearly as many as i would think uh my sister-in-law decided to buy bitcoin I i try not to talk about it so like i'd but she ended up finally, it took like three years and it's like, Oh, I wish I would have done this sooner. And it's like, yeah, no fucking shit. Um, coworker, I found out about another coworker actually who, um, who has a little coin, but you're right, dude. It's, that's certainly not a stampede. Um, I think from what I have heard on a more anecdotal note from, from, from my coworker is that, uh, a lot of his buddies work in the Bay area, tech money, you know, they're doing well for themselves. Everybody's probably has a net worth of over a million bucks at least, which is like, that's a lot of people in this area. And um, a lot of these guys are, they've been buying and they want to buy more and they're looking to uh, take a bigger position in Bitcoin. So that's the, so it's a different, that's not retail to me. That's like, high net worth retail right this isn't these aren't the people that you, you and i are typically friends with or that we would have went to high school with or something that are going to buy like five hundred dollars worth of bitcoin and It's not going to be helpful no, it's a different tens of thousands yeah. if not six figure mocks. yeah so it's a different class it's a smaller group in my opinion probably an overall larger dollar amount which is which is helpful um but they're but they're more quiet but even so I, think... I would put
1: sophisticated too I would, yeah it's yeah, definitely I think,
0: different like, It's a totally different class but I I think it's early still like they're gonna tell their friend it takes a couple of weeks for this to you need to I've said this probably a thousand times mm-hmm. on this podcast like you have to know somebody who made money a decent amount for you to get interested It's like oh holy shit I heard about this guy who made fifty grand on Bitcoin like let me take a closer look like you have to know somebody who yeah made made a couple bucks. To convince you to take a closer look, so I think, you know, we're within the we're we're, we're in the early part of like that few months where it on really starting to take off. You remember that in, in spring 2017? Oh, did I could totally feel the, the heat turning up from like spring into summer and then into the fall? It was just like everybody was because I was
1: following crypto on the periphery. I mean, I knew about Bitcoin in like 2013, but I was following crypto in the peripheral like what, December 2016 and, and the uh, winter of 2017. I was following it when I was at school, but I wasn't, you know, super into it. And then, like, I just took, I just dove down that hole, like, in end of April, like, right at the end of, like, my semester and finals. I just, I dove down that rabbit hole, and there was no turning back. Like, and then I was obsessed, you know? And you could imagine, because everything was, like, blowing up, and there was so much engagement. Like, the engagement was just, it was different, man. There were, I, there was these ICOs going off, Everyone was making money there. It just seemed like there was nonstop people just coming into the space, you know, like, holy shit, you know? And I couldn't believe like, you know, how few people were talking about it at the time, you know, it would, it would pop up on a CNBC article and people would laugh how oh, Bitcoin hit 3000. And I was like, I don't think people are taking this that seriously. And I, you know, I had um, a chance to speak to a fairly high network individual at the time and his interest grew, you know, obviously his price appreciated. You know in the summer, and he he kind of kind of started to get it more and more, and you know he wanted it you know, but again, it was one of those things where it the, the you know now there's so much more credibility around bitcoin like it's if you don't have exposure to Bitcoin in some sort of way, then you're fucking up as like an an asset manager now is basically the best way to put it
0: dude, that's such a good point, and it's actually i was working on a, <laughs> I was working on a new YouTube video for the uh think Bitcoin channel. And uh, one of the trends I was talking about was how Bitcoin is becoming a must-own asset. And I heard Bitcoin Tina talk about this uh, on Twitter the other day, and I think on a podcast. And I, I think he's, he's right. Bitcoin's transitioning from the worst safe haven asset on the planet in March to <laughs> <laughs> literally to a must-own asset for the decade starting 2020. If you own Bitcoin from 2020 to 2030, you will look like a fucking genius or I'm going to or I'm totally wrong here and I'm going to look like an idiot. But it's transitioning into this must own asset that you want to hang on to for as long as you possibly can. And I, I think that trend's going to continue. The more mind share that uh, grows, the more people, I mean, big dicks coming in here. Uh, Sailor says this all the time. He says uh, if Rupert Murdoch uh, goes to Facebook, he's not going to bring a billion friends with him. But if Rupert Murdoch wants to join the Bitcoin network, he can drop a billion dollars on the network. (laughs) And his point is, like, there's all these people who don't know about Bitcoin yet who have a shitload of capital that they've accumulated in their lifetime. And if they want to keep it going forward, they might consider joining. So, you know. And, uh, if, if that's really how it turns out, if th- if that's what the next decade looks like, and you and I are just you know jerking off talking about it on a podcast, like in twenty twenty, it, it's so fucking early. Twenty eighteen,
1: dude. <laughs> We're talking about it in twenty eighteen. But yeah, I was gonna say, true. um, just to your point earlier, and I was gonna just want to like, keep running with it. We always talk about it. Price drives adoption. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. it is. It's an equity. <laughs> a crypto asset if it's a commodity price drives adoption it's just that simple
0: like i I don't wonder if if uh as bitcoin kind of transitions as it becomes more um adopted grows larger becomes like a just a normal very normal asset to to own or to have or to hold Um, oh fuck i forgot what i was gonna say I was I had a good train of thought going. Now I forget. That's the worst. <laughs> uh, oh oh yeah, yeah. Well no, if it if it's um as it's transitioning, like you know, it's monetizing, it goes through like the Veblen good phase where where it's like a luxury good where it the demand goes up as the price increases. So it's like let's say Bitcoin's a hundred thousand bucks or a quarter million bucks or something like that, and you're and you're a multimillionaire. millionaire, it, it's like a luxury item to be able to buy a whole Bitcoin, right? Like, it, it could, for a short period of time, be in that, like, luxury good phase where, you know, rich people are going to want to have it just to have it. Like, they have a grand piano in the living room for no reason and nobody fucking plays it. <laughs> it's like a $50,000 piano or whatever. Does it hold its value? Yeah, I mean, all the art, all the wine. My my neighbors love wine. And, Classic you know, cars. They, they... That... Yeah. classic cards people are storing their wealth in in other stuff and if i see one more video about like uh fucking gary v with the cards and all this stuff everybody's talking about trading cards it, it it's funny because it when i watch those videos like about the lebron cards or whatever else and people making all this money it's so obvious looking at that that money just to stop working because it we're down to now speculating on baseball cards yeah. and and basketball cards, which I have no. I, there you go. That's was, that's all you was, need to see.
1: This is this is the chart you need to see. It's the you know, that's the dollar losing value.
0: Yeah, and it's becoming more obvious. And and there's nothing wrong with you know, if you want to buy LeBron rookie cards, or you did a long time ago, and that turned out to be a good move, it 100 percent makes sense. But it's just so obvious that the money stopped working. That there's so much demand for something that will just store value through time it's like such a big <laughs> market it's such a big product imagine if you can go and work take your money and you know it's going to be worth more later if you could put it somewhere <laughs> like it's it's really it's really useful hey you look at these i'm not yeah, calling the um,
1: bottom in rates but look at this man it could be look at those little green candles down there could be time soon man that's 10 years dude i could because Again, um, and this conversation with my cousin and it's not like and I hate to say it, but if we were on a gold standard, there would be no Bitcoin. Like if the US never fucking yep. ungold standard themselves in nineteen seventy one, Bitcoin wouldn't exist. It exists because we, you know, started playing with fake money for the last forty no almost fifty years now. Shit. Fifty years of yeah, just fake time. money financialization of everything, you know, like we talked about the other day and it was like there's like there's no new things getting created it's just people moving shifting money around i mean like sure there's like a new iphone that comes out every year that has a new chip or something like it's like that gives you like there might be like five percent of battery and it might be 10 percent faster but it's like okay you know where's my flying car where's my hoverboard so
0: yeah no it's um it's a good point you can And it's so hard to argue about this with people because they think fiat money enabled and created so much prosperity. And I can understand that argument up until a point. But if you could think how much more productive we would have been or all the things that would have happened because of if you would have just stayed on a gold standard, um, just just the decrease in the amount of malinvestment for just really really dumb business models that were never going to work or were just too early um i I just i think life would be a lot different if we were still on a gold standard and you know it it would make the argument for bitcoin a lot harder right because things would be working uh well yeah but it would be wild if you could you couldn't print money no yeah couldn't
1: have free you know we couldn't have we just had now which is you know these stimulus checks and you know all the fraud that's happened with it too, you know the PPP program, loan program.
0: Oh yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And if you were operating on a sound money, I, I doubt things would have even gotten this far at all. It wouldn't have even been necessary, any of this, any of this. But um, yeah.
1: You and I might not even be alive. <laughs> I hate to say it, that it could have changed No, it, like like you, you and I are both born after you know the like gold standard ended. And like that would have
0: definitely right. changed the, the trajectory of the world. Yeah, no, it really did. Speaking of changing the trajectory of, uh, of the world and just all the money printing and all this stuff, I think it's a good transition <laughs> to talk about the, the Coinbase. Coinbase I, base, know, man. Be- oh. Because, uh, you and I were talking kind of before we started recording that it's pretty tough. T- They've floated the Coinbase IPO. I, I've been like here three years for couple, now. It's been a couple like- years now. Yeah, I, I think a lot of um, people who uh, invested in Coinbase might be ready to, um, you know, take their take their ball and go home, and they want out. Yeah. Uh, I also think this is a great time to do it because we're back above all time highs, and it's going to be back in the news. And if bull markets typically last for a year. UIPO, you, you can get what six months, nine months of of uh, of a pump of all these people who like are still afraid to buy Bitcoin, but they'll buy the they'll buy Coinbase, yeah. <laughs> Like they'll buy stock in Coinbase. So, you know, they might get their bags pumped for another year just on that alone. So they maybe they're going to want to ride that out. I, I, was I don't gonna, know, but I think I think uh, it's I think it's a big deal.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, and I. I I thought you mentioned there's someone else. I must have been on a tweet I read like a few days ago, but someone put it perfectly. Coinbase have been waiting to get back to all-time highest to release the IPO. And obviously, I, it's a very strategic um, decision by their head, uh, their CEO, Brian. And I, I get it. Like, Do your IPO into strength when there's FOMO in the market, when people are like, oh my God, Bitcoin's getting to you. Because we, we might be on that verge for the next whatever four to six months where it's just like every week we're hitting new all-time highs and granted the volatility in between there might be 10 to 15 20 swings during the week but we're we're in that phase very likely where every other week or something we're setting new highs um yeah and from a perspective of hey what what from listing your company as an ipo no better time to do it there's you know people are going to eat that shit up it's just a reality
0: no, yeah, I, I think I think those are all really good points. Uh it's definitely a good strategy. Uh it probably would have been a terrible idea to have done that during <laughs> the bear market, uh, unless you wanted to be able to accumulate more shares, then I guess that would have worked out. But um yeah, do it into strength. I mean, you're right. If it's if it's bull bull time, which it definitely seems like it is, and I was going back and looking at the charts the other day, it was like eight weeks, seven weeks of green candles, and then three weeks, four weeks, five weeks of sideways, and then another eight weeks of green candles, and then, you know, a couple weeks of of red and a pullback, and then, you know, weeks and weeks of just new highs, new highs, new highs. It's actually exhausting. I forgot how exhausting it was. I posted like four of the big pimpin memes for <laughs> the price increases on the crypto humor page. And I'm like, man, this is getting tiring. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to eventually we'll the post <clears> these <throat> maybe at like 50 K or something. I'll do them every 5,000 or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause at that point it's just going to be, you know, a thousand dollars 2%.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like it's not even, a. It, eventually it's not really a big deal anymore. So well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll start changing the increments. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. But I don't know. People, you'd be surprised how many DMs I get that are like, yo, where's the meme? Like, you didn't post it yet. If, <laughs> if, it, if, it, cro- if it crosses by a dollar. And you're not I, on the spot. Uh, Johnny if, in the spot. It, crosses by a dollar, it was like I, the when it hit 24K yesterday or the day before that, whenever that was, it was like it, it had pumped through it and then it was back below and they were like, oh, you know, you got to post it. I was like, no, I got to wait for it to I don't like posting it right when it does it because it, it's always a a top signal and we pull back. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. People get pissed. <laughs> it's all your so fault. yeah, it's uh, like all my fault, that, uh, bringing the price down. But yeah, as, if it crosses by a dollar, the DMS are just blowing up, like post, post it, post it, post it.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say briefly, cause I didn't mention it just for the people who listen, uh, Goldman Sachs will be underwriting the Coinbase IPO. And the last valuation for Coinbase was 8 billion in, uh, October of 2018. And from what I'm reading here, yeah, but when I'm reading here, it's saying at least Masari is saying basically the Coinbase should be valued at like 28 billion or something like that. So I, but I wouldn't be surprised if this thing goes, you know, when it hits the market, it'll be a $50 billion company. I mean considering the you know, again, we're we're in this realm now where, you know, companies can be multi-billion, it's no big deal. You know what I mean? Like when we were looking at I don't know if it was Apple's like Apple's a two trillion dollar company. It was like two point right. zero eight one. And we look we look at the, the 081 like it's nothing, but it's eighty one billion dollars. And again, it just shows you, you know, where where our money is gone. I mean, the value of a dollar is nothing. The value of you know any fiat currency really is, it's just paper. And central banks know it. I don't know how much. Long, I mean, again, they're just kind of trying to delay the inevitable reckoning, but it's going to happen eventually. Like we all know. And the average lifespan for a fiat currency is around forty five years. So You and I are going to get to see this whole thing play out, which is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, it is going to be fun to kind of watch this whole thing play out. I mean, it's, I I love seeing unicorns in the space. You know, my feelings towards Coinbase is, um, you know, I, I don't appreciate all the shit coins that they list and all that stuff, but I understand they have to run a business and I appreciate that if they're, if there were no Coinbase, Bitcoin may not be where it is today. It would have been really hard to fill those shoes for all those years and provide a relatively easy way to, to buy Bitcoin. So you know, I appreciate I appreciate that and everything that you know Brian's done, even with all the fork wars and all that other bullshit. I mean, you got to give the guy credit credit for sticking with it. But um, I'm looking forward to the the next. Um, unicorn in the Bitcoin space. And I, I have no idea who that might be yet or if, if that company is even around yet. They might not exist. But uh, it, it feels like they're starting to get a little momentum. And you know, Coinbase being a name that people know and going public, uh, I think it helps Bitcoin tremendously. It solidifies it, becomes more normalized. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction.
1: Okay, yeah, no, it's um, it's gonna be interesting to see where where this year, I mean, going into twenty twenty one, where Bitcoin goes with Coinbase being a public company. You know, are we gonna see all these um small cap companies again? You know, like the Herbalife. I don't know if it was Herbalife. I'm I'm forgetting. Like Long Island Ice Tea become a blockchain company. Remember that. <laughs> Like, yeah, we're probably yeah. going to see that again now that Bitcoin's going to start marching again. We're going to see all these small cap companies completely like reposition and change their strategy from, you know, whatever is selling tea or selling CBD oil to like Bitcoin and crypto. You will know, we'll see it again. And we'll see some of these things go from, you know, five a share to 100. You know, just again, all FOMO. Because there, yeah. you know, there's, and we talked about before, not everyone, um, it's again, Getting exposure to crypto is still kind of tough, and some people are afraid to do it. And obviously, it's pretty yep. easy with Square or the Coinbase app. Um, but still, people are, but they're like, "Oh, wait, I can buy this stock on my Charles Schwab account or my E Trade or my TD Ameritrade, you know." And at least they feel like, "Okay, I own a share of the stock, and it's exposed to crypto." So we may see like riot blotching if they even exist anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. So yeah, I mean, like when you zoom out. It used to be, I think it was a biotech before, but there's the 2017 yeah. pump. I mean, they changed and it went from three a share to 45, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like a 15X in the span of a couple of weeks, you know? And, uh, you're, oh, look at this. It's actually moving again. I didn't even look at this.
0: Yeah, dude. I've had a couple of people DM me about it to ask me if I know anything. I mean, haven't. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean. Dude, it's up 22 shooter. times from the March bottom.
1: Holy shit! Twenty-two hundred percent. Damn, that was the penny stock to buy. <laughs>
0: Jesus
1: yeah, I guess Christ. it was.
0: Holy shit!
1: Yeah, that is Damn. crazy. Fuck, fuck GBTC. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, I uh, know GBTC. That's my that's my fucking favorite. <laughs> Let's see where GBT.
1: Wow. Oh, it's it's getting close, man. It's getting yeah. close to ATH. I... See that yeah. that will be when that breaks out. That will be something to watch because. From a yeah from a price perspective, from a trading perspective, it breaks new all time highs just like Bitcoin did. That's very bullish. It's still below the all time high, but I'm sure shortly we'll see it.
0: Um... Yeah, and for people who don't understand why GBTC is still below the all time high, is because uh, there's a premium associated with with GBTC like on the open market. So it's you can consider like a thousand shares of GBTC roughly equivalent to one bitcoin but there's a premium on it because there's no bitcoin ETF so people are willing to pay more than what it's actually worth just to hold on to it so at the at the top in 2017 um gbtc almost hit 40 bucks when uh bitcoin was hitting 20,000 so it was it was like 100%, 100% yeah. premium right so now in this case we've already blown through 20,000 uh gbtc's it hit 30, uh, last week for, for like an hour or something like that. And, um, yeah, it, it's still got another 30% to go to break all time highs because of that premium. So I'm really curious to see how wacky GBTC gets actually this bull market. If we see, do you think we're going to see a hundred percent premiums again?
1: You know, I was. as I was going to bring up the point. I, there was something called the Kimichi Premium into the uh, end of 2017, into early 2018 with the South Koreans. Do you remember that? And I was trying to mm, find and see yeah. if there was a South Korean exchange that I had listed. Maybe.
0: I'm see. assuming that the the premium, you know, it won't remain forever, right? As soon as the, the an ETF happens, the that premium starts to go away or dwindle yeah. down to maybe you know low double digit percentages which is fine like it it just is what it is people are willing to pay a premium i don't really see the the big deal um the big deal about it but i think like the ltc fund from grayscale and the ethereum fund from grayscale has seen like absurd premiums like hundreds of percent premiums for people just trying to get exposure and uh You know, I I think as the liquidity grows, and I mean, GBTC is like a, it's a twelve billion dollar market cap already (laughs) from all the capital inflows from you know high net worth individuals, accredited investor class, but also because you know Bitcoin's doubled (laughs) in the last couple of months, so that that also helped the assets under management. Don't mean to cut you off. So
1: the Bitcoin futures contract on Huobi, granted it's a derivative, so the futures contract is trading at twenty five. That's the March 2021. So I don't know if that's oh, just because shit. it's the futures contract or if it's because of the Komichi premium. I'm going to try to see if I can find like a spot, like a tether.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's pretty crazy. But, you know, Bitcoin trades at a premium in a lot of places. Uh, yeah, it so does the, in Lebanon, Argentina. The December hmm. contract's
1: trading at like 200 bucks above the spot, like on like Coinbase or whatever, But which makes sense. It's... Bitcoin Coinbase is trading at a hundred bucks. So.
0: Yeah. You know, one other thing I was thinking was, uh, is it more bullish? Is it bullish or bearish that Bitcoin's been pumping over the weekends? I feel like that's a very bull market thing. <laughs> I, I wasn't paying close enough attention to like the differences between, you know, markets that don't trade 24-7 in 2017. Like, I I wasn't watching, you know, the GBTC gaps in 2017, but it seems like... And there was no futures market for the whole 2017 bull run, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But now people are scrambling to get their last trades in on Friday afternoons, and then Bitcoin can just do whatever it wants to do all weekend long, and you're stuck with whatever happens at the open on Monday. Yeah, no, it's... But yeah, I mean... I don't know. These these weekend uh, pumps—they're—they're—they're interesting. Yeah. So we're gonna
1: be—we're—we're in that phase again. Let's just put it that way. We are at price discovery. I think it's a good way to wrap it up.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Yeah. This was uh, this is episode 102 yeah thanks for thanks for listening uh make sure to like and subscribe on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify uh send us a dm let us know what you want us to talk about and uh yeah the dms are open we know you guys are excited we appreciate all the engagement and reaching out the past couple of weeks uh we're gonna try to keep pumping out some podcasts give you guys some content to listen to but yeah keep hodling and reach out anytime appreciate God, it speed. <laughs> Peace. Later.